Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram and TikTok at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh for however long that might exist. And my name is Jacob, and、uh, you know where to find me. Hello, my name is Cray, and you can find me on Instagram at midaikat. Hi, I'm Elisa. I'm Inky Rocks. I think Jacob, you should say hello. My name is Jacob. You can find me in the show notes. <laughs> 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 I mean, might as well, right? With, with that, but、um, this is, I believe, episode seventy-six.、Um, and yeah, was, as I was saying prior to to recording,、um, you know, I've almost kind of forgotten how to how to do this. But it's good because we're all、uh, this time four people live recording, and we've got a bunch of interesting topics to go、um, talk about today.、Um, Obviously, because we, you know, haven't recorded for four weeks. But let's start off with some of the events that we've gone to, because I think March is kind of like event month in Japan, isn't it?、Mm, more so before, but still to some extent now. Yeah, with you know Mitsukoshi and Marzen were were the two ones always before, but now. You had was it was Kamehaku in March or was it before? Because Kamehaku previously has been later in the summer. I said that maybe they moved it.、Um, I've never been to Kamehaku, but maybe Kuei, you know. Yeah, it usually was in June, if、mm-hmm. I remember correctly. It right, was right. really hot and rainy usually, and this year was cold and rainy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and、um, and I, I I think even for for Mitsukoshi. The way they're doing it this year by stretching out for so long, which we'll talk about later, it makes it feel like the entire month of March is really like stationary shopping, which is kind of befitting because you know it's the end of the the fiscal year, start of the new、um, calendar、uh, for Japan. So let's start off with、uh, you know let's just go in order. So we went to、uh, Maruzen, although separately.、Um, we we went we were at Maruzen. We Jacob, you and I, we talked a little bit about. The、um, the exclusives already in the last episode. Yeah, we recorded that episode just before Marzen, and then we we just went directly、yeah. to Marzen. Yeah, and I would say this Marzen reminded me of you know the the pre pandemic ones. I mean, I remember back back in the day we had a lot of visitors from Hong Kong and elsewhere, and it was like a long line outside Marzen in the morning. Everyone was lining up early to get, get a chance to get the exclusive inks. Yeah, the A3 exit was、uh, line up. Right. I arrive.、Uh, it's it's open at nine thirty, right? Right, right. I arrive at nine fifteen, and it was already like thirty people in front of me at least. Yeah, but then for the last two years at least, you didn't really have to do that. You could just go there, and for the first like thirty maybe minutes, maybe even first hour, you had a good chance of getting most of the, you know,、uh, special issue inks. But this time it was, yeah, again back to the pre-pandemic panic.、Uh, even crazier than the pre-pandemic, <clears throat>、uh, we made some video, and we were one one of the. I don't know twenty something first people to get by the underground、mm-hmm. uh, entrance. So some people arrive by the first floor and have to take the escalator. But the the flow of people getting in and just like take a basket and with the arms like pulling the ink <laughs> in the basket and then run with the basket in some dark corner of Maruzen to wait for some, because it's limited one bottle per color per people like. Yeah, it was crazy. That was one of the few times I was really happy that that I'm tall and have long arms because I was like a crane, you know, <laughs> hopping over everyone and getting the last bottles of like Kiaki or whatever. Yeah, but I think traditionally pre-pandemic Maruzen, you know, there's there's a space for the for the fountain pen corner, and then there's kind of like a small little event space over there, like right by the down escalators. And they used to use that space for for pilots, for sailor. Um, yeah, Nakaya,、um, Aurora. I feel like they've kind of moved a little bit into the planner、uh, part,、mm-hmm. where that's where Aurora was in this year for the first time. Estherbrook.、Um, so I think maybe the people who are planning the event didn't expect to be as busy as it was. You know, maybe being a little bit conservative, but hopefully next year will really, you know, not just the crowd, but also the the. Venue and the and the vendors themselves. Maybe we'll be able to bring that back to you know the the one of the staple bigger events in in Japan. 
Um, so, so we were there uh, kind of, you know, different times. But I think this year for me, I, I spoke a little bit about it last time on the podcast, but the Owl uh, Namiki, that I think was really a stunner for me. That's, um, that was, I knew it was going to be great. But it was even better than I thought it would be, which, uh, sorry, not Namiki, uh, Nakaya. Um, that was even better than I thought it would be. So um, I picked up one of those, uh, and, and that's just, just incredibly fantastic. Um, really small numbers. But I did notice that for Sailor, um, they didn't come out with a Pro Gear this year, which I think was disappointing to, to some of Sailor fans. Um, but also the, the quality of the King of Pen that they made. I know that um, one of our friends, Kyle, he bought a King of Pen and it had like glue stuck on on the barrel. And I'm wondering a little bit, you know, what's, what's going on? There's a lot less Sailor representation at that show. And, um, you know, hopefully next year they'll bring that back. Did you all have any... Um, you know, anything that you guys picked up or that you liked in particular from the show? Well, <clears throat> since you usually bring me on here to be controversial, <laughs> I'll, I'll fulfill that. Um, Amada Zen is by far the most boring pen show that Japan puts out. Um, all the pens there are expensive pens. They're out of reach of most, I think, pen collectors. And I only go to pick stuff up for friends. And I think that I see Koi over here nodding her head. So I am spitting truth over here. <laughs> but and and the inks are the, they release them in their limited edition, which is nice. But I mean they're like I mean there's a lot of I mean this is the land of ink. So yeah, I, I can see why collectors would want to go. But I all I saw was like a lot of Western brands. There were a lot of counters for Western brands, and they didn't put out a sailor this time. They're really cutting out a lot of the this new group of people that like ink and stuff. They're kind of reverting back to that old, you know, buy one penny a year and it's a thousand dollars kind of collector. And I felt like it was a step back this year. I think it's still fascinating that the inks are so popular, but I wonder if it has to do with the fact that Marazen is one of the last holdouts don't sell and sell the good stuff online, right? So I think part of it is that people just buy a whole bunch of, you know, uh, Kirin or Sakuramichi to resell, yeah, right? Because it's so hard to, to buy them. Yeah. If Marazen started, started selling these online, I think the popularity will just drop very yeah, quickly. Absolutely. They're not that special. Yeah, yeah, they're not. Yeah, the bottles are nice. Mm. I, I, I'm not a Kirin like super fan, so I'll agree with you on that. But I think Sakuramichi is pretty nice. I mean, there's no other color out on the market like it, and I think that's saying something in the market of ink. So, um, yeah, I'll I'll disagree with you on that front. But I don't disagree that Marazen is. Uh, I think it's it's important. It's interesting because it's institutional. It's not interesting because of the things that are exactly. sold there. And it's interesting because it can pull the big guns with Pilot and get, you know, limited edition Pilot pens that are most, uh, you know, more often than not, they're not available to other stores. So the power of Marozen is institutional. But I think it's interesting that how different now the Nihonbashi in uh, Marunuchi stores are because the, Nihon, the Nihonbashi store is is doing exactly the same thing they've always done, right? They're very traditional. While the, the Marinucci stores, the other store is more in tune with what you're describing, yes. the new audience. They have glass pen events, they have inks, that they bring inks from all the regional stores and Absolutely, just yeah. more stuff to see there. Yeah, that's why I go to the Oazo mm. one. I don't go to the, I don't go to the Nihonbashi one very often just because it is, you know, my, my pockets aren't deep enough. Yeah, and I think... It, it's kind of smart to maybe split it out like that so that you don't have a bunch of, um, you know, those specific pilot collectors uh, looking at, you know, maybe some of the more entry-level pens or the entry-level products and saying, oh, yeah, what's this doing at my at my Mars and Pen show, right? <laughs> like, so, so maybe there's something to be said there, um, but I'm glad 
that this space exists, and, and I'm glad that they they're able to to create it. And, and I think it will continue to be an institution. I think no matter how quote unquote boring it is, will still go because the people who show up are interesting. Um, and for example, this year H Works, the the guys that make pens out of titanium, they were they were showing there. I don't think they um, sold much because their their stuff is pretty expensive. And Nakai had a small table afterwards. They weren't there all days. But I enjoyed speaking with Eboya. Um, that was really fun. And, you know, they recognized me. They said, uh, they said oh, uh, we saw you in Penworld in, in the magazine. I was like, what, you read Penworld? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so that was really nice uh, to, to talk to them as well. So for me, Marazen is kind of like, you know, you go there, you get the inks. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you sit in the cafe and you chat afterwards. It's, it's more of an institutional event like that. But regarding selling online, though, I think it'll be really difficult because they only bring that once a year, right? And if you sold it online, I suspect there would be nothing for people who go to the store to buy unless they doubled or tripled production because then you're opening the floodgates for you know, everybody that has internet access to, to get there. So I'm not sure for those specific inks they do that but maybe for the the standard editions that they have in those pill bottles, I think that would be a great idea. Well, it depends on what their goal is. If, if the goal is to draw a big crowd to their Ricky Mortar event one, once a year, or is, the, or is the goal to sell ink, right? But if the goal is to sell ink, they'll just make more inks, right? Because even if they made more, even if they made more and didn't sell online, they would still sell out because they were gone in like five minutes. Yeah, this year was completely crazy. Yeah, so... Either, either way, they have to make more inks. Um, but maybe that's not their goal. So, yeah, well, well at know. least they don't need to make more of that uh, Hayashi. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the one that stayed two years on the shelf. Um, I, I saw that they still had the... You can tell if it's an original ah, release. Yeah, with, yeah, with, the, the, yeah, with the, the shape of the seal. Stickers, yeah. And I think they were selling the originals um, oh, on the okay. shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was pretty funny. Um, so that's enough of, of Marazen. After Marazen, one week later, Mitsukoshi started their kind of almost month-long event. And we said last year, or sorry, we said last month, that last year it was the same week as Marazen. And we kind of felt that it was maybe trying to send a message. Like, you know, is there anything going on? This year they have moved it to a week back so it doesn't clash. And they've made it like three weeks long. So what do you think about this new format? So last year they had, um, they had everybody um, do, you know, show for one week for the entire week. But this year they made it like three or four weeks and they've split it up. So each vendor is only there for a couple days and then they switch out to the next vendor. Um, so Nagahara was only there for a weekend, and then there was a uh, Drillog there for a couple days. Then they swapped out Toyoka for a couple days, mm-hmm. and then now you know rubber stamps. Um, they they swapped out uh, some of the wood wooden pen makers. So it's it's like so almost incentivizing you. Yeah, you have to keep going back. You have to have a subscription and and live there, take a hotel in front. <laughs> well, maybe they have limited. Space. And That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. It's, the space. it's the space. But so, so I went there twice. I went there once during the like the wooden pen event, whatever they call that, like the bungo event, and then once again during the ink event. And when I went there during that wooden pen event, it was a long line of people wanting to buy these wooden ballpoints. When I went there for the ink event, that was a bit surreal because it was a weekday, so maybe that's why I had a day off. But I went there and it was a fully stocked shelves, like all of these like normal unobtainium inks, you know, all the Kobayashi, all the Ishimaru, all the you know the various like Tohoku inks were all there for the stock. You could buy anything, and there was almost no one there. I never seen anything like it, so I was surprised by the absence. Of crowds, and again, maybe it's because it was a weekday. But previously, we've been to like weekday events, and you know, the the Numa crowd doesn't. You know, they I go th- anywhere. I'm not sure if it's like very very well known, 
by the public yeah. because er, last year we went for the first event it, it was not that many people and most of the ink was and we went to the end of the event if i remember correctly and we could get most of the yeah uh, Hachi, hachimonjia or kobayashi ink and maybe one one of the most popular was sold out or something like that but it was really quiet and and I even do, you can you can subscribe to do the swatch like they have like kind of small corner when you can you have I don't know 15 minutes to swatch as many ink as you want but you have to subscribe last year you had to subscribe because of COVID but I, I could get the spot and it was like maybe three people of us swatching so I, so I, I guess people don't really know about it that's what I didn't hear about it till one of you guys talked about it and so and then I went and you're right. There was some unobtainium mm. ink there. There was ink there that I have never seen, even at Inkanuma. Yep. And I was surprised. There, there are inks that I've never even seen online. Yeah, they, they were just yeah. wild. Yeah, I, I like hurt myself there. <laughs> yeah. So they took away that ink swatching thing, but instead this year they have um, Ink Advisor Ken mm. to talk through a lot of people who maybe weren't so familiar with inks, and I did go on a on a Saturday and I did see that you know there were some people like maybe a couple but the shelves were um, by and large fully stocked and they did limit uh, one per person as well so so maybe that helped maybe that didn't I don't really know but nonetheless um, I think yeah it's definitely less crazy than a you know for example an Inkanuma event that's mm. held by Bungajosh, right? And those were like crazy. Autonomous yeah. event. Yeah. And um and I kind of like it that way. Mm-hmm. I kinda I kind of prefer it that way. For me it's a better shopping experience. And I think because they had the event on for so long, um, it helped distribute the people that wanted to go and get the stuff. Mm. So um, I actually think they they did a good job this year. And I also enjoy being able to talk to some of the sales reps. I talked to the, the tag guy uh, about a few things. That was quite interesting. First of all, I asked, you know, which, which of your inks are most popular. And he said that by far, no comparison, Isoko is still the most popular ink. There's just no comparison. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants that Isoko ink. Um, the second most popular is the Sakura Nizumi, that sort of dusty purple ink. Um, but one increasingly popular one is the new ink, which I guess we can talk more about later. That that new Seheki, uh, yeah, that, that's you know blue green ish. Uh, but also, I asked him. I, what I said that to me, taggings have this very distinct look on paper. They look almost like pigmented, and it looks like you guys use a different type of dyes. What? It, why are your inks so different? Basically, was my question. He said that. The reason is that they use a kind of dyes that are traditionally used to dye clothes, and, and ink makers don't normally use that kind of dye. So, he, and and uh, and but you know, he was asking, you know, do you mean different in a good way or in a bad way? And, you know, <laughs> good way, good way. Yeah, they they're doing a lot of unusual stuff, and and we talked about them before, but they have finally managed to fix that problem with you know ink being too dry. So tag is one of the most interesting yeah. ink makers now, I think. Yeah, and the packaging is always like so delicate and and very beautiful. So I really enjoy looking at the box. But as far as that ink show you were talking about, you know, run, I think it's really a Mitsukoshi thing, you know, for uh, any of your listeners that aren't real familiar, Mitsukoshi is probably the, kind of like the Neiman Marcus or whatever department stores out here. So I think the idea of a bunch of ladies with suitcases running in and grabbing bottles of ink, or like you said, like Quay said, you know, just taking your arm and putting a bunch of inks into a basket is probably just not the scene they're looking for. Right. And so I think having it spread out makes it calmer and a more quieter, um, reflective shopping experience. And I think that's probably very in line with just their whole their whole department store. I also think, talking about you know, the, um, the customers they have in mind, I think it's fairly unlikely that people would just accidentally you know, discover this event because the kind of people yeah. thinking about you know, the stereotype, the kind of people who normally go to Mitsukoshi are sort of elder, well-off right. people buying Ladies you know gifts and yeah. yeah, it's not you know you did the the twenty something yeah. people. But even since they opened the Star Stationery Station, 
That's it. Yeah, <laughs> stationary station. Uh, Whatever it's called. Uh, every time I visit, it's like maybe two people in the shop. At it's a people. very Mitsukoshi yeah, experience. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So every time you're looking for something limited edition, who is sold out in Maruzen or any Itoya or anything, Mitsukoshi has it. Right, right. Any capless uh, pen, any plotter, fifth year anniversary, Mitsukoshi still has it. Yeah. Um, one of the, the, I guess, sub-events in this larger event that I went to, kind of uncharacteristically, is I went to um, Nagahara's grinding event. Mm. So um, I was a bit surprised because um, this would be unfathomable, I think, in the West, but he had both afternoons completely unbooked. Um, and he just sat there looking bored, basically. And I had booked for, for a 12 o'clock. So I went over and I, I welded a three-layer nib and then I didn't grind it. And I said, here you go. Because mostly because I wanted to chat with him, uh, just, just, to, just to chat. But, um, but I also, you know, didn't really need a grind. So I was like, you know what, I'll just do something ridiculous and have him, have him like grind it, you know. So, so we did that. That was fun. Um, I did bring it today, so I'll show you guys later. But um, really interestingly, uh, Nagahara, he has traditionally gone to the SF Pencil when it was available to go. And this year he says because of, you know, some, uh, let's say, reasons, he has to stay in Japan for, for most of the year. But the exciting thing is that his son, who we've talked about already, um, will officially make a debut at this year's Tokyo International Pen Show, and they will go to the Tainan Pen Show. So for, for folks who can't make it to the Tokyo Pen Show, but maybe are thinking about Tainan, um, you know, that's where you'll be able to catch him. But I think that will be the only international engagement that he has this year. But um, outside of that, you know, it was uh, quite fun chatting with him, uh, learning about, you know, welding nibs and, and, and talking to him. And he kind of knows that, you know, I go there not really to get a grind anyway. <laughs> so, so he's happy just to, to chat as well. But we did have a good time. But Alyssa, I know, I know that when on one of the first days of the Mitsukoshi event, we went there and you, or it even, I think it was, might have even been before the event, you bought something at... <laughs> At station, that, that was before the event, yeah. right? Like you fell into into that that blue theme. So you want to talk a little bit about those? I, I just basically got stationary stations put out a, a decimo that's kind of an ombre with the blue on the ends, and then it's kind of white in the middle. And that I don't like decimos. I don't like capless, but I had to get it. And um, it, Toyoka makes those. Um, I guess is stationary stations color. I thought it was pink. So um, I think they have pink and, and blue. blue is maybe stationary stations color, and pink is Mitsukoshi's color. Ah, uh, that's exactly what it. That's exactly what it is. And so Toyooka does a, a a bunch of pen drawers, mm. but they do it in the blue for stationary station. And then I didn't realize they had done that and kind of lost my mind. So yeah, I'm broke. But are you oh, happy with them? Oh, I love them. I love them. It's the you know it's a normal Toya Oko sixty mm. pen drawer, but instead of their typical brown wood, it's done in the stationary station blue. Mm. And then, like I said, the decimo. I I don't really like decimos, but it's just a really unusual thing. So uh, yeah, I'm currently using a decimo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I do think that they they do come out with pretty cool they stuff. They do. They really do. They're, that's another thing too. Stationary station. I know we. We, we have problems talking, like saying the name and everything, but it's it's a phenomenal store. And it has, for me, it, you know, it's in Mitsukoshi, so it's kind of like, it has the high-end stuff in there. And they have really sleek styling. But there's a variety of things there. You can get like a plotter, or you can get an eraser, you can get a stamp. And they it's have a graphilo, truly, mm, what? graphilo paper. Yeah, so, so I mean, there. you can get like anything from something that's 100 yen to, you know, a couple thousand dollars in... So I like the fact that it's a really nice and it's upscale, but it's not like closed off where, I mean, just about anybody can find something that they enjoy there. And, and, and I, I hurt myself regularly there. So, yeah, I, I think it's a really, it's a nice combination of that. Just kind of high end, but still accessible. 
And I guess you have to mention that it's very close to Maruzen, it's very close to Ginza, Itoya. So you have to start from Nihonbashi, do Mitsukushi, then go down, go to, I, I think, um, a touch and flow uh, in the building a little bit down. Then you have uh, uh, Haibara papers. So you, you can do that kind of marathon from Nihonbashi yeah, and finish right. in Itoya. Yeah, yeah that's, you're right. One day shopping. We should, we should do a video with you shopping from one to one <laughs> and just like kind of... Patreon content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing about the Star Stationery Station is they release, like they have a limited ink for their shop with many brands from um, the tag uh, ink. Yep, their taggings are really good. Yeah, beautiful. And two of the Sailor Vase. And they just released... Four of a, the Sailor Vase yeah, now. They just released yeah. Yeah, new colors in the same time as the Decimo blue one. So I think in total you have like eight, eight new inks. Or yeah, they have tonal limbs as well. Yeah, tonal limbs too. And by the way, they've also jumped on that, you know, color-changing ink bandwagons. One of the new inks, it's really interesting. It's it just blue on on Cosmo Air Light, and then it's like brown burgundy on Tomo River. It's really weird. That's right. That's mm. right, yeah. So I, I actually have it swatched right in front of me, and it's it's got this, like, sheen to it as well. Mm. Um, and, yeah, they're really, really cool inks. I, I really like what they're doing and as i said i'm glad that they brought that um stationary part back to mitsukoshi i think it was uh it was missing at that particular department store so um it's almost funny like all of the high-end department stores they have to have a stationary corner and um stationary station really brought that as well as the more casual stickers uh wash tapes that you have on the on the other side of that store. But I think that's also sort of sign of a general trend that a certain type of stationery is becoming more and more popular again. I mean I see that I see that at my I see that my local like stationery stores like Yurindo or whatever that usually only have, you know, your normal Kokyo campus notebooks and some ballpoints and nothing else. Now you go there, you see like some toner limbs, inks or some glass pens, whatever. Something is happening and more and more stores have are expanding their lineup of uh, yeah, ink and other exciting stationery. Yeah, and um, then we have Kamihaku, which, Jacob, did you go to Kamihaku this no, year? No, I didn't have time this year. Okay, so so we got to um, give the spotlight to the two ladies. Yeah, so it was, um, it was uh, very, 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 very crowded. <laughs> It's open at, I think, 9.30 for the one who get kind of like early bird tickets with Tegamisha and 10 for the priority tickets or the one that you buy on the day. But when you arrive, like even, uh, I arrive, I, I'm, I live close by, so I arrive maybe a little bit before 10 with my mother-in-law who just landed the day before from Switzerland, so it was completely jet lag. I'm a very nice daughter-in-law. And we lined for maybe 30 minutes outside under the rain um, before, like, from the moment they opened the door before you can get in. And it was like three floors of uh, stationery and other craft um, thing. They separate kind of one floor around papers and magazine, fanzine, one floor more like masking tape and stationery in general, and one floor more rubber stamp and like uh, artist car carving stem and stuff like that. So in total, maybe 120 booths, I guess. Yeah, around 40 booths per, per floor. And it was crazy crowded. Like the, the one of the main event was Eric Smallthing, who designed the, the um, Kamihaku 2023 uh, poster and all the goodies who, who were linked with the, this edition. And I think her booth, the line for for paying, you you can go to the booth and choose what you, whatever you want and put in in your basket. But then the line for, for paying because in Kamihaku you pay at each booth. There's no it's not the same thing as Bungo Joshi when you pay at the end of the event, like a one corner for paying. And I think the line for paying was people were waiting for one to to two hours. Like the the it was like a snail. Going down half of the space of the sixth floor, it was crazy. So um, yeah, it was good because I, I decided like every every booth where there is more than ten people lying lining for for paying, I won't stop there. 
<laughs> so it was good for my wallet. But yeah, crazy. Uh, I think every stationary vendors were were present. No, 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 no ink. Like a really more like stationary event. But still, Tag was there, and uh, Yamamoto Papers was there for the more like um, paper and ink stuff. But more, mostly like stickers, a seal, uh, rubber stamp, masking tape, thousand, I don't know, billions of masking tapes. <coughs> but it's, it was uh, it's less uh, savage than uh, Bungo Jushi. It's less savage than Bungo Jushi. <laughs> the event is also less savage. Yes. Well, um, just in case you know, listed on Kamihaku basically is a paper fair, so it's supposed to be built around uh, paper. And um, much like Quay said, when, I, when I, I got one of the early tickets and then got held up with something, showed up late. But um, when I got there, I was pretty, pretty blah about it. But then I had lunch with Quay and her gang of the Mitts, and I was like asking them, like, what, what, do, you, what do you guys see in here? And um, after they explained it, I really enjoyed it. And what happened was it got less crowded in the afternoon. But the way the ladies explained it to me is that it's not the big stores. You're not getting, like, the Kokukyo and the, and the campus and all that. You're getting, like, small paper companies. And, like, Yamamoto is probably one of the bigger companies there, which is, you know, amazing. And once I kind of got in the swing of that and started talking to a lot of the little artists and stuff, and they were saying you're directly supporting the artists. I kind of got swinging it, and I like I hurt my wallet. It was like super fun, and one of the things I did see, you can kind of start seeing trends with paper for later on, and it's they're very innovative. Well, Japanese stationery is very innovative, but if you look closely, like a lot of the stickers were transparent stickers, not clear ones, but they were kind of translucent. That's kind of going to be, I think, a big trend now in stickers. Um, washi paper was really big. Washi paper that you can write with with fountain pens. And they had different kinds of texture and stuff. I called this. What? I called this uh, washi paper. You did? Well, it's definitely, it, it, it's, it's coming true because it was an ex- explosion of different kinds of washi paper. And there was a company, Cupido, I think, a few companies mm. in the States take, you know, sell some of their stuff. But they actually have these books that tell stories and you can practice. It's the, the writing and the stories is fantastical. They're stationary lands. You can go to the land of stationary. And the stories are about this. But the stories are written where it's very light and you can take your – it's meant to take your glass pen and trace over the top of it. So you're practicing your penmanship learning about stationery, and within the book itself, there's like six different kinds of paper in the book itself. I mean, not you pull out, it's just, it's bound that way. So now you're practicing your penmanship with your glass pen, you're learning about stationery, and you're testing out five different kinds of paper in a book. And I've never seen anything like that. Different type of uh, character, too. Yeah, well, it had like, you know, hit a gun. Different font of character. Yeah, so it was perfect for me because my, my Japanese writing is terrible, so it's a great way for me to practice. But I was just shocked at the innovation that for them to come up with something like that is amazing. So I think, too, especially particularly in America, we are really getting away from handwriting and, you know, cursive. That would just be a real, a real bonus to have, I think. And yeah, as you as you mentioned, Kamiaku uh, is was one of the first events I visit in 2018 when when I arrived in Tokyo, and I still remember that some of the very like unknown uh, illustrator, artists, hand carved uh, stamp makers uh, start with a small table, sell some of their masking tape, and six months, one year after, they become very very big with Instagram, of course, but. They got invited in many events. They make posters for many stationary events. And so, like Eric's small thing was was making like handcraft, but now she's so big in Japan or Nenene Nekti. Um, like so many of them, just like Kotori, Kotori, like explode with Kamihaku. So it's a very nice way to meet some of the artists you, you follow on Instagram because usually they are in person there. Some of them are really nice. You buy something for a certain amount, they will sketch for you uh, a small drawing on uh, on a business card uh, as a souvenir. Some of them give you like limited edition stickers. Uh, they have made a handmade uh, rubber stamp that you can use on the booth. So 
it's really for stationery and paper lovers and and you have this direct contact with the artists who who make it very uh, interesting and and very nice uh, i really i really had fun as much as i hate bungo joshi i love kamihaku <laughs> But what I remember from last year is that not only did you have to pay at each table, but also most vendors took only cash. Yes. And that combination is a little bit too much friction to buy most things, I think. You have to think both. Like You have to think twice. If you go to a, a booth and it's a cash only, you are like, okay, do I buy it now? Or do I go around and come back yeah. later? Because Which actually is very, very good, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I, mean, I won't say the name of one of our friends, who said, I will go cash only to be sure. And then I met her two hours later before leaving the, the fair and I saw her giving her credit card to the vendor and I looked at her, what are you doing? He said, it's too late, it's too late. And I was like, okay, I won't, I won't judge, it's your, it's your, I understand, I can understand. You touched on that before, but this is exactly why Bungo Josh Inkunuma is so dangerous, right? That not only can you pay with you know PayPay or credit card or whatever, but you don't you pay at the end, so you have your whole exactly whole bag full of stuff, and you don't even know how much you you bought, and and by the time you you're about to pay, it's too late, right? Yes, you know, I'm not exactly. going to go back and you know yeah, put stuff this. back, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, and we didn't even get to talk about like Wagner or Knox events. Um, Travelers had an event. Yeah, um, TSL had an event. So um, if we do this, we'll be here for like four hours. Yes. So um, maybe we'll save that. But um, yeah, I think going back to the beginning of this conversation, March is really kind of stationary uh, event for like stationary event month mm -hmm. for for Japan. Not only that, with all the Sakura and the people coming over, it's just been a hectic month, as well as the end of the um, the end of the fiscal year. So I know um, Jacob, you particularly are probably drowning in work, but um, but yeah, it's a it's a wild time here in March. Um, let's move on to our next topic, which I think will be the. I actually don't know because you know this place is ridiculous. But uh, one of the more ridiculous uh, releases that I've seen um, so far. A few weeks ago, even like last year or the beginning of this year, when we were doing our recap uh, episode on January first, we talked about how um, platinum, like we we want platinum to do something. And last week, I think we talked about these matte uh, curadasses, mm -hmm. which Turns out they are true, they're coming, and they are just as ugly as the transparent ones. Um, oops, I didn't say that, strike that from the record. Um, but we wanted them to fortify their their lineup. And they came out with with this uh, press release. So if, if I may just quickly translate this into English. So the, 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 name, the name of this ink is called Chokuro. Which um, sounds like something that like a 15-year-old girl would say. Um, it's like kind of this ghetto talk. It's in English. I, I like to think of it as you know somebody's like, yeah, that's hella black. Yeah, right? that like, would be it. Yeah. Um, so chokuro. So it says um, with over a hundred years of history, uh, platinum fountain pens has created the most black uh, water-based ink ever to be developed in history and the reason why we wanted to make this ink is because our users asked for a black that was even darker than or even blacker than what we have on the market so we tested during the development the uh, the resistance to rubbing the resistance to water resistance to light and we have created the ultimate black ink this is even darker than the black inks that we already have on the market. We can see this clearly in the values that you see in the color values, and this is proven, this is fact. Um, moreover, when the ink flows on the paper, the, the minerals on the paper will start reacting with this ink, which makes it permanent and loses its viscosity and its liquidity, and therefore um, bonds it with the paper through a chemical reaction and it does not feather. Uh, it does not feather and it does not bleed through. And it's perfect for long-term use uh, in terms of things that you want to keep forever as a permanent ink. But 
uh, as a uh, as the price of this beautiful black ink, you have to um, pay attention to maintenance, particularly when you're washing the ink. You have to use this special uh, purified water. According to the developer, this ink um, that is the that is the uh, idiosyncrasy of this ink. When you use um, chokuro or hella black, uh, maybe you can even uh, use a century, which is thirty-seven seventy-six. Maybe you can dedicate an entire century uh, to this uh, to this ink, and that's the potential of this black ink. And um, the next part for the initial lot, we have we have a. Uh, Created this ink, and we're gifting a set of purified water uh, to use. And when you wash this ink, you should use purified water sold at pharmacies, because if you use tap water, the tap water contains minerals that will react to the ink, and it will be difficult to remove the ink afterwards. This is five thousand five hundred yen. I love this. I I, I mean, it is a niche product. It's a wacky product. It's a niche product. But we also know that platinum carbon black is very popular among artists, right? It's really popular ink because it's it's it doesn't smudge, unlike you know, say like Kiwaguro. Um, this is a super niche product, but assuming it is a good ink, which you know, given their track record, is probably the case. I think people are going to love this ink, and I, I don't think they're going to dedicate a you know a precedent or a century. It will be perfect for a prep, right? If you have a prep, then who cares, right? You, you're not you're not going to go and buy purified water to to clean out your prep. You're right? just going to go buy another one. No, I think for for its use case, I think it's good. But more importantly, I think this is hilarious and i think people will talk about it and for that reason it's a success and the instagram yeah. and um not only that the title of this press release is um since the history of our founding we have created the explosive birth of the most black ink they use the word bakudan <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so it's like it's like um i mean they i don't know who wrote this this uh I don't know who wrote this press release, but they need to go into stand-up comedy because this, <laughs> it was so high. this is ridiculous. It's it's proven by by the uh, by the values of the black. Actually, you you kind of sold me on it. I'm gonna go try. But, it but now. even their their Instagram post was completely yeah. crazy. They just they um they had this black uh, square, black. kind of like the Black Lives Matter square, yeah. and then. And then in the in the hashtags, they're kind of using these comments like, "This is not a drill. You're not, um, you know, your screen is fine." <laughs> it's like this is the black ink that we've released. Um, I won't be buying this at fifty five dollars. If it's a good, you know, like a archival black waterproof ink, I'm wondering if it's also appealing to like people who draw manga and stuff like that. Yeah, you yeah. know, this is not for. I I think this is not for fountain pens. Mm. I think that's not for fountain pen users. I agree. The preppy is the perfect, uh, perfect pen for this. Mm. But um, you're okay. not gonna want to put this in your, you know, Leonardo's or your Montblancs or mm. your Visconti. Well, there's something hilarious about using a five thousand yen ink in a three hundred yen pen. <laughs> but but uh, aside from that, yeah. I definitely think this product will find its niche and they're gonna love it. And and but more importantly, the overall like stationary community is going to talk about this this is hilarious it gives them publicity i think it's good yeah 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 for sure and i believe the retail price in the u.s will be 60 dollars. i think jacob i agree this will be sold at art shops art supply stores mm -hmm. and should probably not be sold at fountain pen stores mm -hmm. um, but i think calligraphers will like maybe this at too. pharmacies calligraphers will like it yeah <laughs> and at pharmacies <laughs> so at art supply stores and at pharmacies <laughs> and then you can buy the water to go yeah, with exactly. it um, but I think calligraphers will love this because, um, you know, even for work, they need something mm. more permanent. And this is something that is easy to use, you know, much easier to use than sumi ink for sure. So, um, so yeah. So that's, uh, that's how Platinum has decided to move forward in strengthening their, uh, their portfolio. Um, next thing I want to talk about a little bit is we've alluded to this earlier in this episode, but... 
I kind of feel like Sailor is losing a little bit of that luster. I remember a few, you know, as recently as last year, you know, Sailor was kind of, we had an episode called Sailor is on top, mm-hmm. right? We had an episode a few years ago, Sailor is on top. And I feel like it's really not that big of a part of the conversation anymore. They've kind of had this meteoric rise and um, now... Having I, a midlife crisis. Yeah, I feel like they're they're getting... We're getting a little bit... The market is getting a little bit of sailor burnout. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Well, I think that the market is a bit saturated with ProGage, right? There was definitely a time a few years ago when... Uh, a lot of people were chasing this hard to get, you know, pro gears and various colors, but now there are just too many of them and every store, local and remote, has a bunch of exclusives, right? Yeah, I mean pro gear collecting is almost not really a thing same way anymore. But you know, l- looking at sales results, I mean that their sales are going up, so clearly they're doing something right. I think they're becoming too available, right? And it's not, you know, chasing Sailors is not really a thing anymore as it was before. I think you're absolutely right on the part where it's too available. And especially when I think about how they used to do their cocktail series, they released once a year and they spread that out over 10 years. So that became something that people really wanted to get. You know, when we talk about pens like Tequila Sunrise, you know, people were, were paying crazy money for, for Tequila Sunrise. Um, but now when they release these cocktail pens they release five at a time and they release like them three times a year and then they have these nuts pens which you know again they release five at a time um i I think they just saturated that release schedule i actually don't think every local retailer having their own sailor pro gear is an issue i think that's fine but it's when they release so many Mm-hmm. Uh, in such a short period of time, even like at once simultaneously, you you get the entire collection right now. That's what I think is is a little bit of a turnoff. You don't really know what's good and what's not. Um, and the logo. Yeah. Okay. Let's not talk about the logo there. But um, but I think it's a little bit of a shame. I, I would definitely love to see Sailor scale back on their um, on their kind of the 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 quantity of their releases but you saying that their results are improving i wonder how much of that is because of the price increase so they can sell less volume well so the the gross margin is is more or less constant at around 30 percent um so uh, not sure but i would say my complaint about Sailor before has been that they didn't do enough on the low end. And I think that's where they are delivering now. I think they are, on the higher end, they're a bit boring because there's too much of it. But I think they are finally doing really interesting stuff on the low end. You know, the, the two series of Yurameko Inks, you know, the Hokoro, the, these new uh, Prophet Juniors in uh, interesting colors, finally. So I think that's where Sailor is, you know, getting it right. And I think you're right because I was in uh, Osaka last week, uh, or I should say this week, um, and the Yurameku pens with the Fude de Manen, uh, the one that they were selling as a set, almost all the stores that I went to had sold out of them. And yeah, as you say, it's something easy for people to... It's it's in that lower end of the aspirational sphere where you know $40 is expensive for, for a pen, objectively, no doubt. But it's also not a ridiculous amount. You, you know, it's not five hundred dollars. So, yeah, I think you're right. But I do think that for, you know, kind of hardcore pen enthusiasts, it's a little bit of a shame what's happening right now with with Sailor with the limited editions. Because I would love to keep collecting those, but they're just so many. Mm-hmm. But we have a we have a master collector amongst our midst here. I yeah, I think it's. I like to, to collect, at least um, I try to concentrate in this shimmering uh, magic sailor ones. And I'm glad that uh, um, Kiyoko Shishikura-san didn't release a new one for Maruzan this year because I'm quite broke at the moment. 
But yeah, as you said, the, when they do these series, and sometimes they even sell them as a set of the 10 or the fifth pen, uh, five pens together. And I'm like, I don't know. It's Personally, for me, it lose kind of the fact that you want to wait for the next season one, which color, you want to guess which color it will be if it's like a series of them. It's like, like buy them all. And I don't know, it's at least for me, it's not, it doesn't, I don't even look at them anymore. But Encora, for example, released their second year anniversary pro, uh, pro gear. I didn't get it because it was not, uh, but I got it for a friend. And I think, yeah, this kind of partnership is quite nice when like they stay with the shop and they, they release an, every year a new one who stay in the same line uh, kind of yeah, family. With a story. Exactly. This I really enjoy. Uh, even, yeah. yeah, this time I didn't. But I think that there's a bit of an irony here in that we are kind of bored with Sailor because they have delivered everything we've asked them to do, right? We've been screaming for you know, more pro gears, bring back the specialty nibs, allow us to customize the pro gears, do more on the low end. It's like, it's like they've delivered everything we've asked them to do. It's like, now what? Like, well, we don't even know what we want them to but do. Too fast, maybe. To, to me, I, I liken them to like tonal limbs. In the beginning, you know, when I was buying tonal limbs off of Amazon, Right. I was excited about this brand. I was like, yeah, they got some nice colors. And then they release one ink every three days. And I just couldn't keep up with that. And I think that there's a little bit of that fatigue when everything is a special edition, then nothing is a special yeah, edition. Yeah, exactly. Um, but a lot of brands in Japan are going in this way. I don't know if it's because they reopened the borders and a lot of tourism are coming, but I have the impression that it's never stop. Like every two days you have limited edition, and then the same brand one week after limited edition, it's like, what? You, didn't you just release one? I don't know. Is there a new marketing Spe- Speaking of Shishkura-san, though, um, she had announced last week that she had left um, Sunrise Trading, oh. which which uh, was a division of Sailor, or, or rather Sailor owned Sunrise Trading. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I suspect that we'll see uh, much less, if not none, um, sailor shishkuras anymore. So that's a, that is, I think, an interesting news for serious collectors of sailor. So again, our shishkura expert, do you have a comment on that? <laughs> <laughs> so you mean that my pen's value will get higher, right? <laughs> no. uh, you're going to sell? No, <laughs> not at the moment, at least. But so doesn't that mean that someone else is going to make the same kind of pants, though? I mean, if there's a market for it, then surely some regional store yeah. is going to make yeah. it. Yeah, like Isumi-san, for example. But, but you lose that story behind Shishkura-san, right? Like, a lot of people are specifically, like, mm. her fans. I mean, I've got uh, yeah. Shishkura fan right here, and they'll just buy it because it's Shishkura. Um, but now, if another person designs it, you're starting that story again. I don't know. I have a feeling there's a lot of people buying these pens on like eBay or from JP Select. Or I don't even know that it's a Shishikura pen. It's like a sparkly pen. Yeah, of course. Of course, there will be those people. But then there, there are also other people like, uh, like our friend here. But I, I could say that the last, uh, I don't know, three, five edition, I was m- less impressed than her first series. Really like what? Just blowing my mind. The amount of sparkling and, and the colors you choose. The, maybe the last two or three, the, the one for Maruzen, the color seems a little bit more like, uh, how to say, um, less vivid, a little more like, uh, how, how to say it in English? Uh, yeah, the green, you know, this kind of like uh, khaki green, so, and, and I don't know, it was less my thing, so maybe we're waiting for a new person to... <laughs> yeah, and the customers seem to agree, right? Because as, as we said, you know, that lemon pen didn't sell very fast. And it was the same with some of the recent previous releases, right? That they have been available for months and months and months after these events. Yeah, even the Hanabi one. Right. We were like a bit... But that sold be, out. That's yeah. Sold out. That's sold but, out faster than the lemon. Yeah. The lemon was a lemon. The lemon was a lemon. <laughs> that's, another, uh, that's another title. Yeah. Um, but I do know where Shishikura is going next. You do? Okay. She announced it today. Um, she's going to Tone on oh, yeah, Limbs. Limbs. I saw the buttons. She has joined Tone on Limbs as of today. I mean, there was a little bit of an April Fool's uh, announcement from Tone on Limbs, which I really didn't appreciate. Um, but this one was real. It's real. It's real. And she's joined Tone on Limbs. 
And what, well, her inks were tonal limbs, right? Uh, yes, she had tonal limbs inks. And I think what's interesting is we were speaking about how tonal limbs had done a lot to bring like ink and found uh, and glass pens uh, kind of revived interest in them in the market. And her role in tonal limbs is going to be to do specifically with fountain pens, I believe, mm. um, at least according to the press release that I, I read. So, you know, I'm very curious to see. I've spoken about this in the in the review episode, but what's that pipeline from from inks, glass pens to fountain pens to that higher end? Um, I think it will be an interesting bridge. Mm-hmm. By the way, about the dates, I think we talked about this before, but it has been a source of confusion in the past because many Japanese companies, they do issue press releases on April 1st because it's the new day of the financial year. And I guess misunderstood by people yeah. in the West as an April Fool's joke. But it's now, I was talking to the front desk here, you mm-hmm. know, and I was trying to tell them that this was not an April Fool's thing mm-hmm. with everybody coming in. And she goes, oh, yeah, we have April Fool's here in Japan. I didn't know that. She said that it was kind of like catching on, like like Halloween's mm. a big thing. So she said, "Yeah, you have to be careful now on on April 1st. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. So I didn't know it was a thing in Japan or a growing thing, maybe a Westernization or something. Mm. But so she said, "Be careful." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it was weird. This other weird tonal limbs uh, kind of April Fool's thing was they they said that. Um, because of disagreements, they were going to part ways with Betchery and Hase. And I was like, well, that's kind of big news. And then yeah, I read it and I'm like, oh, it's like it's totally so fake. And, and so it was uh, a little bit upsetting to me because uh, I thought that um, April Fool's... Yeah, like, it should, the way should they be did fun, it, right? It should be fun. Yeah, it should be, yeah. It should be positive, yeah, right? Yeah. Like how I think a Dominant Industries, they did it with like... Uh, or was it Waringal with the fried chicken ink last year? Like that's fun. And then they, they actually went and did it. Yeah, they, they, went, they did it. It's um, quite popular. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that, that's fun. But I feel like, you know, saying, oh, we had a disagreement, that's kind of like yeah. bringing a little bit of negative energy. Yeah. So I didn't really appreciate that. It's but, like a faking sickness or stuff like yeah. that. It's like that. Yeah. But I, I am very interested. I don't know if I'm excited, but I'm interested in seeing what Shishikura brings to the mm-hmm. table in that crowd and whether we're going to, you know, start connecting those dots. But she has had Tony Lim's inks for a while. To be honest, not the most exciting one. Yeah, it's blue, The serious blue and exactly. um, uh, the first series one and then the season one, the watermelon mm, exactly. and stuff like that. So she's yeah. been working with them for a while. But yeah, it will be interesting to see. By the way, just one more thing while we're on the topic of Tony Lim's. They're going to have the big ink event in Tokyo this month in April. So... We'll see if we end up joining that one. That that has become, I would say, become the new Inkunuma in that you have everything you had at Inkunuma except that it's actually free. Yeah, I'm uh... exhausted. <laughs> okay. Inked out. Okay. Um, lastly, a little bit of personal news. Um, I think people might know this already, but I am collaborating with Esterbrook on one of their new um, custom nib program nibs it's taken me a long time and the ironic thing is that they will not make it to japan (laughs) Um, because the distributor i don't think is doing custom nibs or or, um, importing custom nibs but um but yeah it's been a fun journey uh and i've been told that i need to make more so uh, i've been very busy um but yeah i think that's all the topics that while we're on the topic of personal announcements, so I'm now a columnist in Shumunu Bungobaku, or a oh. hobby stationery box. Yeah, That's so I've great. written two columns so far. The first one was about, you know, popularity of like Japanese planners overseas. I wrote about Yoseka Stationery, I wrote about like, Stationery Brew on Twitch yeah. and so on. And in the second one, I wrote about the popularity of like Urushi like, at Bokumundo Garage Woodworking and also Jonathan Brooks. Yeah, wow, congratulations. Congratulations. Shell out money for these, <laughs> these magazines. And uh, I know, I don't know if you know, like Bungo Box has moved to like Kanda area yeah. and they re-released the Mikan Inc. So I know that a lot of people were looking for it and now it's already... It's have or, you been? Have you been? Uh, no, that? it was oh, the we same weekend. Yeah, it was the same weekend as some event and I couldn't... Right. Uh, at uh, Kamehaku. It was the same weekend as Kamehaku. I think I'll go today. Okay, any announcement from you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm boring. <laughs> all right. And with that being said, that's been episode 76. Thank you all very much for listening. Um, 
again help us share this podcast uh, share with your friends share with your family share with your brothers and sisters share with your dog um, we like cats too so that's okay anybody with ears we will take them um, and uh, my name is CY you can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com on Instagram and TikTok at tokyostationpens and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh and my name is Jacob and you can find me in the current issue of Shubinu Bungabaku <laughs> <laughs> my name is Kray you can find me uh, on Instagram at Mirai Cat. and I'm Elisa Inky Rocks alright thank, thank you, you. bye bye bye, bye. bye.